On May 31st and June 1st, 1921, Greenwood District, also known as Black Wall Street in Tulsa, Oklahoma, was burned to the ground and covered in blood. Mobs of white people who were deputized and given firearms by city officials attacked every black person in sight. They pulled families out of their homes to kill them in the street. They lynched people. They attacked from the sky with planes using guns and firebombs, which is the first time assault planes attacked American soil. The Tulsa Race Massacre is known as the worst incident of racial violence in American history, and yet I and many people I know never learned about it in school or anything. We never learned about the single most heinous act of American on American crime. We both learned about this massacre from the first 10 minutes of the show that we will be discussing today, HBO's original series, Watchmen. Claudio, that's me, and Chris, and me, are on the road to the Emmys. To where? On the road to the Emmys. Hi, I'm Chris. And I'm Claudio, and we're the high guys. Before we get into Watchmen, an HBO original series that is nominated for not one, for not two, but for 26 primetime Emmys, we're going to talk about what this new season of the high guys is all about. If you've never listened to us before, hello. Hi. Welcome to our show where we analyze and talk about different forms of entertainment. This time around, we are focusing solely on shows that are nominated for the 2020 Emmys. We don't have enough time to cover every single show nominated in every single category, so uh, we're going to pick a few of our favorites that we believe are truly unique. The gems that touch us in a way the others don't. But we're not seeing that like the other shows that are nominated aren't good yeah we're not we're not saying that at all we're not but like are we implying it though no no we aren't but like Mm-mm, maybe maybe <laughs> just a little bit just a little bit but um, anyway we will be doing this um season until the week after the emmys airs we are going to try to our best to avoid any spoilers of any kind um we're just gonna give you sort of the gist and overview and talk about major themes that are prevalent and why you should watch those shows. We hope you come with us on this road trip to the Emmys and get inspired to watch the best of the best. So let's get into it. Do it, get into it. The HBO series Watchmen is a continuation of the original comic book of the same title, which was created in 1986 by Alan Moore and Dave Gibbons. Um, There was a movie adaption in 2009 directed by Zack Snyder. However, it was not a word-for-word adaption, so some major things were altered in it. But the HBO series directly follows the comic, and it shows us life in that comic book world 34 years later. So it's 2019, and this series remains in the same universe as the comics, but it is, instead of being set in New York, it takes place in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Throughout the show, many different characters are given the spotlight, but the main character is Angela Abar, played masterfully by Regina King. And within the first episode, we see what a day in the life of Angela is like. At work, she is a mass detective known as Sister Knight. 
At home, she is a loving mother and wife. And when no one's around, she's just trying to understand, you know, who she really is. And aside from Angela's struggles, the show is jam-packed with story. It's so dense that if we talked about literally anybody else in the show, we would probably spoil something. We recommend that you all walk in as blind as we did because every piece of the puzzle is worth finding out for yourself. It's like when I watched Arrival for the first time because it just, if you haven't seen Arrival, go watch it because, oh my God, oh my God, it's, <laughs> such, a, it's such a puzzle piece movie uh-huh. and it's, it's phenomenal. And so you're like, the oh, show. You're like, oh wait, that happened earlier. I was like, oh, I, oh, they mentioned that before. I was like, oh my god, Amy Adams did the Muppets movie and this. What an icon. <laughs> oh my god. Anyway, um, all that being said, we're going to touch on some of the more major aspects of the show that we feel will entice you to literally get an HBO Max free trial so you can binge this show. Right off the bat, the writers take you into one of the most horrendous acts of racial violence in America. And as we mentioned before, the first 10 minutes of the show depicts the Tulsa Race Massacre of 1921. Um, But it tells it through the eyes of a little black boy who's literally clinging to his father and his parents trying to get out of the crossfire and into one of their friend's trucks so they can leave town. The show then takes the viewers to Tulsa, Oklahoma, 2019. So it's almost a hundred years after the massacre. Yeah, the setting of the of the show is an alternate United States as it is in the comic, but one that has almost opposite outcomes than our reality. Mm-hmm. In this show, um, actor Robert Redford became president in the eighties, like what, and is still currently running the nation. And in this reality, the president offers reparations for descendants of victims of racial injustice by the way of his uh, Victims of Racial Violence Act. So what makes this completely opposite from what our reality is that in 2001, for us, the Tulsa Reparations Coalition tried to get reparations from the state of Oklahoma, but the governor at the time, I think it was like Frank Keating, denied that the state was responsible for the massacre. And then the coalition gathered a group of lawyers and they tried to sue the city of Tulsa, their police department, and the state of Oklahoma on behalf of the survivors and descendants of the massacre, which was also denied, but this time by the U.S. District Court of Oklahoma. Then in 2005, it was denied by the Supreme Court. So in our reality, everywhere, denial. And so in our reality, in like our timeline, the... um, descendants and survivors of the Tulsa race massacre never got restitution for the land they lost or businesses that they were bur- that were burned uh lives lost or any like the trauma that they endured yeah so the conversation of racism is a constant in watchmen it's almost like a visual history lesson of how history repeats itself and how we witness atrocities in our in our own time of racial injustice but we, as a nation, like rarely seem to learn our lesson. We're seeing this now with the revitalized Black Lives Matter matters movement. People are fighting for justice, you know, just as they did like during the Civil War and in the Civil Rights Movement, and honestly, like in all the time in between and now. Yeah, it's this is such a departure, like thematically, from the main comic book. 
because the main comic book was focused on the Cold War and impending nuclear war and a doomsday clock. And, and it, the show that we're talking about now uh, deals with the aftermath of all of that, but they also tell a fresh new story that's suited for today. That's what HBO's Watchmen does so well, is adapt, grow, and change its subject matter to become a voice that is like very much needed today. I personally haven't read the comics, but I did recently get the chance to watch the 2009 Zack Snyder film, and I actually thought it was one of like the most interesting superhero stories that I've seen recently. Um, they're obviously now present day getting a lot better but for 2009 like that's super i think they did so much the focus on the battle of good versus evil becomes so convoluted and twisted it's like there's no obvious right or wrong and it's all about perspective and how you look at it and it was a super fresh take that being said i was slightly disappointed by the lack of representation on the screen but like i i get it the movie is based on the graphic novel, which was made in the 80s by two white guys. It just, I feel like, I feel like they told the story that they wanted to tell, which does remain one of the most iconic and controversial graphic novels of all time. Um, and what they lacked in representation, I feel they made up with the story and how it was told because they were like essentially questioning the power of man or, or like in this case, literally a Superman. Um, and who's to say what's right and wrong and I think it was a phenomenal story for the time and it still holds, but times change. And with it, so do we. So the lack of representation was something I felt needed to change if, if it were written today. And guess what? It did. One of my only gripes about the movie was the lack of representation. And what does HBO do? Make the lead Regina fucking King. Uh, <laughs> they said, checkmate, bitch. We see your representation and raise you a queen. Not only did they make her the lead, but they also added, um, there's like an Asian character. Yeah. There is another person of color in the show, but who is gay. So it's like, mm -hmm. the representation is pretty great this time. Yeah. And it's like, it's a thing. It's like, not only did they show us the representation but they told us their stories mm -hmm. you know and that's what's missing sometimes it's like i want to know <laughs> i want to know what they've been through well not only did they uh make her the lead character but they gave her a story that deals with what it is like to be a person of color who comes from a pained history of trauma people especially people of color often experience a form of this called generational trauma it means uh, that trauma can be passed down between generations. And that means someone can experience something so traumatic that the behaviors or emotions absorbed by the person can be passed down to their offspring. And it's heartbreaking. And this show tells these stories. Inheriting things from your parents or grandparents that alter who you fundamentally are. And... This very much applies to other things as well. Like, yes, trauma can be passed down, but so can luxuries and legacies. And in the Watchmen HBO podcast, creator and writer of the series, Damon Lindelof, said, legacy is a thing that we inherit from our bloodline, both what they achieved and what was visited upon them. Their trauma is your trauma.
Hi guys, do you enjoy listening to us be stoned out of our mind? Well, don't forget that you can listen to us on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pocket Cast, Breaker, and Radio Public. We're also on social media. You can follow us at Guys That Are High on Twitter and Instagram, and at The High Guys on Facebook and YouTube. Let us know what you think about our conversations, or even suggest what we talk about next. Now, take a hit and keep listening. The This idea of legacy is such an interesting concept for the show. The idea that what your family has experienced positively or negatively affects your growth and your being. It affects who you are. And the writers make the writers make that concept of legacy applicable to almost every character that they have. They do that by making them confront their family's past and what they plan to do with their future. Mm-hmm. How do you move your bloodline forward? How do you move past the learned behaviors and the learned prejudices and the internal pain. What do you want your legacy to be? You know, it's so hard to, to even imagine like trying Mm -hmm. to push past what's happened in like with your family's history. Yeah. And what, like, it's a topic that I hear about a lot, but I don't see like opened up a lot or like inspected a lot, you know, because I hear um, the term and I hear what it means but like it's so interesting to get like an in-depth look at that generational trauma and what it can do to you and what it can do to other people and the fact that they're even bringing that up and thinking about it like how their family affects them well another layer of this idea of legacy and generational trauma is masks masks as in literal masks and figurative masks and as we said before Angela Abar, the main character, is a masked detective because in this world of pseudo-superheroes, the police in Tulsa wear masks. Now, there is a reason for it, but it is one of the little puzzle pieces that you have to watch and find out yourself. Yeah, because we don't want to spoil anything. But back to Angela, when she's all, like, souped up and she goes uh, to work... Uh, for the police department, she goes by the like alias Sister Knight, um, and she basically she literally like transforms physically and mentally when she is Sister Knight. Not that she had superpowers or anything, but she, the way she behaves is it just changes. She's more aggressive and angry, and um, as she works through like her her crime cases, which is such a polar opposite to when we see her at home when she's calm, collected, and she's a very empathetic mother, which is also different to when we see her alone because when she's like alone no one else around her she's out of costume she's just like sort of scared and confused yeah and these are they're like three different angelas Mm -hmm. and they're all in a way um three different masks you know these different masks are her way of safeguarding her emotions and safeguarding who she actually is to her family and her coworkers. Mm-hmm. She is trying to balance it all, but it comes crashing down. And the writers also make it apparent that this concept of masks is not exclusive to just Angela. Like everyone in the show is dealing with their ego, who mm-hmm. they want to be and who they actually are. And a lot of people in real life are wearing masks. <laughs> just saying that. Always. You know who you are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but like masks, masks in a superhero world 
seem like a no-brainer, but these characters are all given like their own take on what it means to wear a mask. Some some of them think that um, that there's like a way to let um, a person be who they really are like devoid of judgment like they don't have to be judged because they have the mask on or um some of them think that uh masks make make people cruel and angry um but there's no like correct interpretation it's up to the viewer to decipher like what um what the mask means to them Mm -hmm. now let's take this concept and apply it to the real world because in the real world, masks are they're like who you are, depending on your environment. You are someone different around your immediate family as opposed mm-hmm. to being with your friends or your significant other. And, you know, we've covered that. But a mask can also be how you cover up your emotions, mm-hmm. how you hide what is truly hurting you on the inside. You know, that is another take the show gives, how we hide behind anger because we're scared or how we hide behind a smile, even if we are like broken inside. Mm. And throughout the show, we start to see some, we start to see some characters literally and metaphorically take off their masks and embrace the truth or like embracing themselves in a way they, you know, simply couldn't before. And there's a quote that stuck with me from this show. It is, you can't heal under a mask. Wounds need air. Damn. <laughs> they said, if you break something, don't put it in a bag. <laughs> it's deep, right? Deal with it. Yeah. It's like so hard to, to do that, though, you know? To, especially if you're comfortable in the mask that you're wearing. Mm-hmm. And if you're in that same routine, it is so hard to change or it is so hard to um, like be able to do it for yourself. And if someone tries to help you, it's sometimes hard to accept the help because you're so, you believe yourself in this world, you know? I get it because I used to always be told, like I always seemed more frustrated when I was home. Like I always seemed more angry than how like my family would see me with my friends. Like they'd see me really like all over the place and, and excited. And I wasn't aware that like I was putting up these different personas basically like another word for masks and then like once I realized I tried so hard to make it so that I was the three-dimensional me that I always am but like showing it all sides of me to my friends and to my family and trying to be that way like always yeah well that's all that we have to say about the themes that impacted us the most So now we're going to let you in on what exactly the show is nominated for. All 26. 26. And there's a lot of these. So like we're going to get through them pretty quickly because I don't want to say like the whole thing. But uh, just assume that everything they're nominated in is for a limited series or movie or a special. Because that's what they're categorized as. Because that's what what she is. Because it's a one and done. It's a one season. She done. But I hope not. (laughs) <laughs> all right so outstanding cinematography for a limited series or movie slash special for two different episodes that i don't want to see the titles of outstanding sound editing sound mixing special visual effects 
Outstanding fantasy sci-fi costumes. Outstanding main title design. Musical composition for limited series. <clears throat> Production design for a narrative period of program. Casting. Uh, oh, shit. Damn. I was on a flow. Single camera picture editing for three different episodes. Original music and lyrics. And the song is called The Way It Used To Be. Writing for this extraordinary being. And it got nominated for Outstanding Limited Series Movie Special. It also got three different Direction for Limited Series nominations for three different episodes. And now for the acting nominees. For lead actor, Jeremy Irons as the mysterious man. And for supporting actor in a limited series, Yahya Abdul-Martin II. For Cal Abar, Louis Gossett Jr. I think I said his name right. Um, for William Reeves, Jovan Adebo, Young Will Reeves, and for lead actress, for lead actress Regina King for Angela Abar slash Sister Knight, and supporting actress Jean Smart for Agent Lori Blake. My bitch, my bitch. <laughs> I love her. <laughs> and uh, we know this is a lot of information for you guys. We spent so much time uh on research for this episode and a lot of heavy topic discussion yeah but now the only heavy thing is my heart because this episode is ending uh but not before we do a vibe check vibe check vibe check today's vibe check is brought to you by representation it matters (laughs) aren't i funny yeah i'm i should work for snl oh my god uh, so I smoked out of a Vice vape pen, and I originally got this uh, pen from Fat Man's Alley, but I looked them up recently, and they were they they merged with a bigger company, and now it's the High Valley Five Five Nine. Uh, I thought it was High Society. High Society. High Society. Are you Five fake? Five Nine. I am fake. I just barely found out the fake. I know, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but on my pen was a gold drop California cartridge. And I got that from Harbor Side San Jose. Ay. And that shit's smooth, guys. Dude, it slaps. It slaps. And it what what's so cool about it is that it has like um percentages of not only THC but C B D. So, so you know we, we controlled. I'm I'm calm. I'm so calm. Anxiety free. It's great. But let us know what you're vibing to, Claudio. You have such a great palette for art. We just want to know. <laughs> the people want to know. The people trust you. Um, what have I been vibing to? You ask. I have yes. been rewatching Legend of Korra because, pff, honey, that shit is my jam. Mm-hmm. Truly mm-hmm. beautiful. Truly a good time. Half of season two is good. The other half is a waste of my time. But every other season, I fucks with it. I fucks with it real hard. They said fire to the flame. And if you haven't watched it yet, this girl's on Netflix right now and everyone's watching it. So get on it. Mm -hmm. And Avatar's on there, obviously, if you live under a rock, Avatar The Last Airbender. So if you want to be an OG OG, you can watch that and then Korra. Because we know you ain't doing shit. If you're listening to this podcast, we know you ain't doing shit. Chris, uh, what did you do today? So as everybody knows, I am a basic bit. Now, what does that mean? That means I just use the same edibles every week. Um, I obviously used my watermelon, cannabis-infused sour fruit chews because they're, oh my gosh, it's like God said, 
you good child when I when I eat them. It's so good. <laughs> They're so good. And there's other flavors that I want to try because on their Instagram they have like um like a blueberry and a sour apple. And I was like, Ugh. I'm so sad they're gone. Let me finish. No, they're so gone. <laughs> and but where did you, you get it more? from, Chris? It's from um, this. It's a, it's from uh, the brand is Smokies Edibles. It's S M O K I E Z. And but we got them from Harborside, San Jose. <laughs> yes. And uh, what have you been vibing to? Ooh, that's a good question. I've been vibing to quite a bit, but I think I'm gonna say that I've been really vibing to. I'll say, I'll say, I've been vibing to my. Um, I've been making my little. Um, I recently got a new computer. She's my new baby. And I started kind of putting my my, my uh, Twitch stream setup stuff together. And so everything's like really cute pinks and blues. And I just, I could stare at it forever. <laughs> um, but I'm, I guess I'm my own vibe. I mean, you setting up your Twitch account is a vibe. So, you know, good for you. Good for that. Thanks. I'm really excited. I know you're going to. Oh my God. <laughs> Go. Oh, he's working at me. What do I do? Stop. Um, but yeah, it's something I've wanted to do for a while and I finally have like the, the shit to do it. So I'm, I'm so happy. Are you going to give them your handle? Oh my gosh. Yeah. You guys can follow me. My handle is Habis Chris. That's H-I-B-I-S-C-H-R-I-S. And it's cute, but I'm not popular. So if you look at me up, it's probably hard to find, but you can contact me or I'll be posting something soon with it. So you can just go <laughs> follow me. Um, but it's really cute stuff. You can also follow me on Twitter at Hibiscus T and on Instagram as Hibiscus. So, <laughs> just like if you like watching video games, I'm gonna play a lot of League of Legends probably, and then maybe some spooky games. <laughs> well, that is our vibe check, guys. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Chris, would you do you have any parting words? Parting is such sweet sorrow now. <laughs> okay, from Nomeo and Juliet. Oh my God. Do you, uh, what? Well, I guess now we're we're the, the goodbye guys. <laughs> Will a fossey neck do it? Oh my god. Uh-